You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. We also talked to Ross Tucker, former NFL lineman on Christian McCaffrey's deal. He had all the leverage, and Ross Tucker said McCaffrey was going to hold out if he didn't get this deal. And because of the coronavirus, you know, he had leverage here. Uh, They've lost all of their big-name players, and Christian McCaffrey got paid. I'm glad he got paid. You know, people feel like I I have something against Christian McCaffrey. I just don't want to pay my running back. I don't want to give them – let's take the name out of this and just put in the position. I don't want to pay that position a second contract. That's just my philosophy with this. How many second contracts can you point out where you go, that one worked out for the team? Christian McCaffrey had leverage because you got to have somebody that these fans are going to go and see. And McCaffrey, at some point, you know, can I keep having him on the field? Is ninety percent of the time he's on the field? No other, no other running back is on the field like that. And four hundred touches, you just you know add logic to this, add math to this, and how long can you have Christian McCaffrey be that workhorse for you? You know, he could be a slot receiver. He can be a running back. He can be both. He had a wonderful season last year, but I get a little nervous about, you know, that. And it's nothing to do with Christian McCaffrey. But that team, you know, you're going to be in a rebuild here. You got Teddy Bridgewater and you got Christian McCaffrey and some artists to be named later. But felt like he had the leverage and you know Dak Prescott got leverage Patrick Mahomes going to have leverage Deshaun Watson's going to have leverage they're going to wait until Dak Prescott signs his 35 million dollar year deal and then if my if I'm Mahomes I wait for Watson to go in and sign his deal and then I come in and say all right I want that and then some Probably how that's all going to play out John Hamm the uh, great actor will join us uh, coming up also Russell Wilson Russ and his wife, Sierra, she's Pregos, and they just announced that I believe they are having a boy? A boy. Russell Wilson Jr. the third. Confirmed. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll talk to Russ about that. That's, uh, that's nice. Good news for him. Brian in California joins us on the program. What's on your mind, Brian? Hey, morning, DP. Morning. First time, long time. Yep. Uh, six feet and quite fluffy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just wanted to say, you know, you can win a Super Bowl without a great quarterback. I look at the 2000 Ravens, the 02 uh, Buccaneers. You had Trent Dilfer and Brad Johnson, respectively. So you, that, that kind of kills your theory. That's a long time ago. That's 18 years ago. Right, it might be eighteen years, but if you have a great defense and you built that defense, you can win a Super Bowl. Okay, who has a great defense anymore? I would say in this in this climate, I would say if the Chargers get themselves Isaiah Simmons in this draft, the Chargers will have a great defense. You know, it almost worked for the Niners, though, Brian. I understand what you're saying, but you know, and thanks for the phone call. In today's climate, you got to have a great quarterback. You do. Now, there are, are there situations where, hey, Joe Flacco's not an elite quarterback, but he played at an elite level. Look at the numbers. Postseason numbers for Joe Flacco. Elite. Um, you can say Nick Foles, you know, not a great quarterback, consistent quarterback, but the numbers he put up when he played, like your quarterback has to be great in situations. You can't just have a guy who hands off. 
you know, Trent Dilfer did it, won a Super Bowl because he had an unbelievable defense there. Okay, I'll give you that. And Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't great, but he was good. Jared Goff, not great, but good. But you, the reason why they didn't win Super Bowls is they didn't play great. Your quarterback has to have a moment where he plays great. Jared Goff did not in the Super Bowl, and Jimmy Garoppolo did not either. That's the difference. you got to have a quarterback, even if he's just good, that he can play great. Yes, McLovin. We got an interesting tweet. It was a trivia question. Uh, only two rushing kings have ever won the Super Bowl. Uh, if you think about it, if you took five minutes to think about it, you'd probably know who they are. But uh, Emmett won? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Terrell Davis? Yep, that's a two. So it's been 20 years since a rushing king has won the Super Bowl as well. Yeah, you don't have to have an elite running game. You know, like a singular back. I think it's all look the the, the Patriots had. You know, they kind of you know, spread it out. You had guys who could do certain things at certain times for them. You didn't need to have just one great running back there. And, and look, I I know that I contradict myself with Saquon Barkley. I just thought Saquon Barkley was something that was truly unique who was going to help Eli in his final year, uh, really a safety valve. He could run, he could catch the ball out of the backfield, but still, it's a high pick to use on a running back. And I don't know where Saquon Barkley is going to be in a couple of years where you go, you know what, let's sign him up to another deal. Uh, and the Giants are you know, going to have that dilemma. John Hamm, of course, gave us Mad Men. He's among a group of A-listers who came together on Saturday online poker tournament. I tune in and I go, wait, John Hamm's already out. I think he was the second guy out and then he bought back in. It's uh, all in for America's charity to raise money for Feeding America and uh, thought that they did a wonderful job with that. Are, are you any good at poker, John? Apparently not, Dan. Uh, <laughs> you were being generous. Were you trying to be generous by buying back in so you could play? Uh, uh, yeah, no, I was, I, was uh, I, I can't remember what I left out on the first hand on, but uh, it was one of those deals where you're like, oh, well, here we are. Uh, whoops. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a testament to the guys that actually play that game for a living. Uh, that can that can sit there for hours, and Kevin Pollock actually ended up, uh, I think, coming in second, uh, and I ended up watching the rest of the of the tournament. It was pretty cool, but I was like, Pollock, you're just way more patient than I am because I I just I want the action. Well, can't you act like a good poker player? Yeah, when uh, when somebody writes in the <laughs> script that I get all the cool cards. <laughs> Oh, like Matt Damon, Matt Damon in Rounders. Exactly. When he, you know, when somebody writes down that he knows all the cards and he's in savant. Yeah, of course. I'd be way, I'd be way better at it. Who else was uh, at the table with you that you found uh, to be a tough competition? Who did I have at my table? I had, uh, well, I had Pollock for a certain point. Uh, I had Andy Milanakis. I had, um, I didn't have anything that I that I knew that I really knew very well. Like Sarah Silverman was playing in it, Ben and Matt were both playing. I know both those guys, but I didn't really have anybody that I knew knew uh, at my tables. And then everyone's under like pseudonyms, so I couldn't quite figure out who was who either. But uh, uh, it was so. Uh, I think I had the uh, Jimmy Kimmel's uh, cousin Sal also there. So was Tom Brady involved? Yeah. Brady was there. 
he, he didn't last very long either. You know, uh, see, so I'm a good company. All the all the all the good guys busted out early. That's what I'm saying. Who's your best friend in Hollywood? Um, good question. I think um, you wouldn't know him, but I mean, you've met him actually at a Super Bowl or something. But my probably my best friend is this guy who goes by the name of Tall John um, because he's six <laughs> ten. He actually lives lives literally down the block from me, and we've been buds since like nineteen ninety two. Uh, when I came out here on spring break from the University of Missouri and, and visited some friends, and but but you don't uh, hang with? Things. Do you hang with other? Like I don't hang with other sportscasters. Do you hang with other oh, actors? Not not really. Uh, I, I hang with like you know my friends, like my my normal like people that are my like that I've known. You know, it's just one of those things. What is the uh, scene at home? What's the what? Do you have a man cave? And we lost. Yeah, and in oh, fact, there. I would. Nope, over there. Okay. Uh, I would, uh, I got, uh, my office is kind of where I spend the majority of my hours, in, uh, which I'm in right now, uh, uh, my waking hours in my house. And I have pictures of my old dog. I've got my various and sundry awards. I've got, uh, uh, my thing that I had that I've collected over the years, which is a tribute to Stan Musial, which is a base that was signed by him and one of his bats. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah, I've got my, like, kind of, you know, my, my collected uh, pictures and memorabilia and baseballs and things like that that I have, uh, that I've had over the years. So that's pretty much my, that's where I essentially spend my, <laughs> no joke, especially now, we're going to go with about, 18 hours a day in there. All right, you might get mad at me, but and full disclosure here, I got um, all of the uh, DVDs uh, for Mad Men. Somebody uh, sent it in, and the reason why she sent it in is because I've never watched an episode of Mad Men. Mm. Are you mad? You, sir, have some homework to do. Are, are you a mad man at me not watching Mad Men? No, I think that you, uh, you're a busy guy. I, I, I don't see why that's, why would I be mad at that? You've got some stuff to do, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I only watched about 70% of the stuff with uh, you and Keith Elmer. So okay, that's fair. And that's, that's fair. But I, I, you know, you get it at some point. I've never watched The Sopranos. I didn't watch Game of Thrones. I waited five years to watch The Wire. I waited 10 years to watch Breaking Bad. I think I'm getting ready for Mad Men. I think you're ready. Uh, it took me five years for The Wire. I was very late for that one. I was, uh, I was, I was in due time with The Sopranos and Breaking Bad. But there's stuff that I've, I've, hey, sometimes you miss the boat. It's what, it's how it goes. There's too much TV. This is what's happening now. There's too much. Give me so, the episode of Mad Men that you say, if, I, if you're only going to watch one, for God's sakes, watch this episode. Well, it's hard because, you know, the show is so established on character building and you have to know the characters. And so some of the later episodes that are really dependent on that are, are you know, that's, that's the, the, the bigger thing is that it's, oh, if, you, if you've sat with these guys for a while, these things have a little more resonance. But if I were to say one episode of the show, there's an episode in season four 
actually the whole season four is pretty great, but season four called The Suitcase, which is uh, kind of a little bottle episode with uh, Don and Peggy where they get like locked in trying to figure out an ad campaign for Samsonite, of all things, <laughs> which just reminds me of Dumb and Dumber every time I say it. But um, it's, uh, it's a really good episode, and a lot of things happen with those, especially those two characters. And it's, uh, for my money, that's my favorite episode of the show. Now, my guy said there's a lot of drinking in that episode. What, what is the actual beverage that they give you to drink? it's weak uh, sort of diluted tea because that looks the most like whiskey yeah uh that they, they you know they make iced tea and then they just pour it into your glass and so you're just caffeinated the whole day how difficult is it to act drunk um way easier than actually being drunk <laughs> <laughs> Because there's no uh, there's no residual after effect. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you know, it's one of those things. I think I think somebody I said I don't know who it was, Dean Martin or somebody back in the day, but somebody said that the the, the the best the best rule for acting drunk is that every every drunk person doesn't want to look like they're drunk, right? So they every every person that's actually drunk thinks they're not. Yes. So that's, that's the best way to, to think about it. He's uh, John Hamm. He starred in uh, Mad Men. He won a couple of Golden Globes, I believe, for that. And uh, also he took part in a uh, charity poker event, All In for America's Charity to Raise Money. Uh, it was an online poker tournament for uh, Feeding America. Uh, a couple of things here. Top Gun, That is, is that done? And what's your role in Top Gun? That is done. We're finished. We finished shooting that last uh, July, maybe. Uh, it's coming out. It was, it was meant to come out uh, this summer, but now we are in uh, the upside down, so that's not happening. Uh, it's going to come out. I think Christmas. They, they moved it. Uh, I play my character's call sign is Cyclone. Uh, <laughs> I play uh, Tom Cruise's superior officer who, uh, believe it or not, Tom's got some problems with authority. Uh, Maverick doesn't, doesn't want to play by the rules. He didn't want to play by the rules so, uh, when the original came out. I believe his ego was writing checks his body can't cash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but his name, his nickname is Maverick. What do you expect him to be? He's not going to be compliant. <laughs> It's baked in. His, yeah. His, yeah his, his call sign isn't rule follower. <laughs> He's maverick. Uh, also, uh, is there a cheesy line that we'll take out of uh, Top Gun? Uh, if there is, I don't have it, but there might be. Oh, okay. I, 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 uh, I, I don't. I don't. I don't have a. I don't really have a good quotable one that I can think of. Um, so, like the need I'm for sure. speed and things like that. I'm sure that there is. Chris McQuarrie uh, uh, co-wrote uh, the script, and uh, they were all very, very aware and and um, cognizant of kind of the legacy of of Top Gun. So I'm, I'm pleased as much with the scene of it. It's it's 
it's so good. And and the uh, the the kind of you know obviously the, the original was made in 1986. Yeah. The technology now with cameras and HD and K whatever technology is all so so much better. And just the just the flying sequences alone are. I also wanted to uh, compliment you on playing Larry David on uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. I, <laughs> I, did you ever think that I would, you know, somebody would compliment you on, hey, and by the way, uh, the way you played uh, Larry David you was great, Larry David. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that... <laughs> it's not a long list. Of, let me see De Niro do that. How many Larry Davis have we seen? No, I uh, I've known Larry for some time. Larry uh, Larry and I worked together a couple of years back on a movie called Clear History, which we shot in Boston, and we got to know each other because he found out I played golf. And if you know Larry, and so we were we were sitting in Boston for a month and a half shooting this movie and. He's got a bunch of croonies there that he loves playing golf with, and I got to hang out with those guys. So I, I basically got to be part of Larry David's crew for a month, a month and a half, and uh, win and lose hundreds of dollars on the golf course. So it was pretty fun. Yeah, that episode was great. It's great to check in with you, John. I'm glad you're doing well, and uh, keep in touch. We appreciate you joining us. Likewise, Dan. I, I mean, it's, uh, you know, here we are. With, uh, I, I literally watched uh, the 1982 World Series last night because that's what was on. And uh, <laughs> we're in a world of, uh, of retro sports. It feels like uh, I should fire up my old Nintendo gaming system and bowl up, <laughs> play some RBI baseball or something, or some Tecmo Bowl. I like that. Uh, but it's... It's I, I, here we are. It's just the strangest thing, but uh, obviously it's all done for the right reasons, and we're 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 doing you know we're doing this this thing uh, to just stay healthy and, and stay safe. But man, oh man, it's it's pretty funky to have a summer without sports. I know, and uh, imagine having a, a job where three hours a day you're supposed to be talking about it. But you know that's where we appreciate people like you uh, coming in and uh, filling in some time. Dan, that's why I'm here. <laughs> Thank you. I'm sure that I'm going to get around to Mad Men, John. I promise I will. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, by the way, hey, call me anytime. <laughs> I'll, 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 <laughs> I'll kill 10 minutes of the show. <laughs> Thank you, John. But, uh, John Hamm, Mad Men. I'll get around to it eventually. I like that you're honest, though. Most Hollywood people would lie to each other. Well, when somebody says, oh, gosh, I'm such a big fan or I admire your body of work, like, I, you know, if we had, uh, let me see, who, if uh, Jason Momoa was on, I'd have to tell him I never watched Game of Thrones. I, or Emily Clark or whatever her name is. I'd have to tell her I never watched Game of Thrones. What, McLovin? Amelia Clark, Dan, please. Oh, oh, oh my Khaleesi, bad. as I call her. Okay. Now, didn't she date Seth MacFarlane? No, I didn't know that. That's a great couple. Oh, wait, you knew how to pronounce her name. You just didn't know that little tidbit? Oh, I'm sorry. There's one person right now who knows more about Hollywood dating than anyone else in this room. I'm going to host that show one day. Just one day. That's it.
Like just one day I want to host entertainment tonight. I'll swap out Kev, Kevin Frazier. Although Kay Frazier's doing the show from his home. Yeah, I was watching last night. And watching Billy Bush on Extra last night. Just trying to keep up, even during the pandemic. Take a break. Russell Wilson Jr. the third. Literally, we'll ask him about the new baby on the way now that they know that it's going to be a boy. We'll talk to Russ right after this, 22 after the hour. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Sierra donated a million meals to a Seattle food bank via Feeding America, as well as being part of raising over 10 million more meals for Feeding America through a campaign called Meals Up in conjunction with Wheels Up. And uh, Russ joins us on the program. First of all, congratulations on having a baby boy. Thanks, Dan. I mean, listen, I'm looking for names. I, I think last time I was on your show was at the Super Bowl, and I think you guys threw out Hawk. Yes. So I, I'm I'm putting that in the I'm putting that into the uh, fishbowl here, and, and we're gonna we're gonna have a lottery here. What about <laughs> Russell Wilson Jr. the third? Hey, well, that's what you call me. So you know, I, <laughs> no. <laughs> we have to be called the fourth because based on what you call me here, Dan. But would you would you go for Russell? Uh, yeah, that's that's in the pot. That's in the pot. I'm not going to give too much away, but you know that Ooh. could be it. That could not be it. Okay, it could be something different. What about Gunner? That's a good one. I like that Gunslinger. I like that. I like the idea of Gunner. Gunslinger Wilson. I like yeah. it. Who knows? All right. Are are you coming? Are you allowed to come up with the boys' names, or is Sierra involved in? Is a team effort here? There's no team effort here. It's all me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, uh, we work together on it. Well, sure. you're the GM and she's the owner. And, yes, you literally work together on this. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Well, well done on this. Um, well, are, well, funny thing is with our daughter, you know, her name's Sienna. And so that was a mixture of, um, you know, my two favorite girls in the world. You know, obviously, my, you know, Sierra and then also my sister, Anna. You know, so we, that's how we came up with our daughter's name. So, by the way, yeah. the dance video with your wife is. How'd I do, Dan? Well, I do? okay, I liken you to Trent Dilfer with the Ravens when they won the <laughs> Super Bowl. You're a, you're a game manager. You're a a dance video manager. Like you yes, didn't get in the way. Me a pocket dancer the other day. Well, your wife is unbelievable dancer. Like that. That is. It's mesmerizing to watch how talented she is. And Prego, well, too. She, she's the best in the world. She's the best in the world, and she's pregnant. So she, she's over there, you know, put on a show. And I was just I, – I, I stayed in my lane. I stayed in the back <laughs> until the very end. I tried to do my kind of my Drake, my Drake rendition there. Oh, is that the what that was? There. Oh, that was Drake. Yeah, you know, oh. little, yeah oh. you know, he's got the little head bop thing he does. It's, you know, it's, it's infamous Drake. So. And then your son comes out at the very end. Yeah, he put on the show too. At the end, so he actually cut off the video a little bit, a little bit short. He, we were going to let it ride a little bit more and let, let him do his thing. But ah, we're done. I noticed that. Uh, how much are you working out? Can you work oh, every day? Actually, every day, actually, except for Sundays right now. We've been uh, as soon as I'm done here, I'm actually uh, about to go out and get a good workout in and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's an everyday thing. You know, the reality is, is that I have I have to have my mind mentally prepared to play football in you know three to four months. You know, so that's kind of my mentality right now. Okay, but you can't throw the ball to anybody. 
Well, I'm, I have my, you know, I have my trainer who who stays here and oh. works here with me. So, yeah, he's uh, he's um, he's catching for me when I, when I need to throw. So that's how I get my throws in. Do you are you curious about the draft coming up with these quarterbacks? Did you watch Tua and Joe Burrow? And do you have any kind of a, a, an assessment? I, I think you met Joe Burrow on our set at the Super Bowl. But any thoughts on these quarterbacks? I, I did meet uh, Joe. You know, uh, I think he's got a great demeanor to him. He seems cool, calm, and collected. Um, you know, and then, you know, two I've gotten to talk to several times. You know, I, I'm a big fan of his, too. So both of those guys are ballers. You know, I, I think it's going to be a, a, a great quarterback, you know, draft class. It's going to be interesting to see these guys go off the board. It's something I always look forward to, you know, watching the draft. So even though it's going to be uh, from a distance, it's, it's going to kind of feel like the Major League Baseball draft in a way. Um, you know, Major League Baseball draft, they have that first round where it's kind of special but then after that you know they kind of they kind of do everything just calling guys and stuff like that so I think it'll feel like that um, from a distance and I think the NFL will do a good job of it but um, you know I, I think it'll be interesting to see how these quarterbacks play you know you never know you know college college is a is a predictor on how you're going to do in the NFL but it's not it, it doesn't determine what's going to happen but what didn't you know, we see like you know you were drafted later but what what did they miss that you were putting right in front of the scouts and the GMs and the coaches? I think they missed a couple inches on my height. <laughs> <laughs> Was I that it, though? If, if you're 6'3", where would you have been taken? Ah, oh, man. Uh, well, people have said that, you know, um, you know, uh, different people have said different things, you know, that I would, you know, been the top five pick, you know. In, oh, in you think so? Baller. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> but that's what people have said before. You know, Mel Kuyper said, uh, you know, I would be a high pick, you know. All this well, where did you think you, if height. I was asking you that morning, where you thought you were going to go? That morning of the draft? Yeah. Or, or, are, you, or are you asking me if I was 6'3"? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, look, Russ, I'm 6'3", and it's really nice to be 6'3". Just letting you know. It is really... Well, thanks, thanks for over the Yeah, it is so great to be 6'3". Okay, okay so I if I were to ask you on that Thursday of the draft, where are you going to be drafted? Where do you think you'll be drafted? And by who? What would you have said? If I was 6'3"? Or no, was no, 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 as you are. Okay, as my okay, um, you know I, I think on I think I, I would have would hope for I would have been drafting like this probably the second round. You know I think that was you know my hope. You know I, I think and I was think there I had a team round talent for sure. Was there, um, but I, yeah, that's obvious now. But was there a team where you said I I think this is where I'm going to go? Well, funny thing is crazy story. I think I've told you the story before, but you know I put all the names in a hat. You know, and, and cut them up right after the Senior Bowl, and I met with pretty much all the teams at the Senior Bowl and different, you know, different clubs and stuff like that. And honestly, my favorite team was actually the CLC Hawks, and I pulled the name out of the hat. True story, true true story. Really? And I was like, that's the team I was going to. So fast forward, I go to the combine. I, t- I put on a pretty good show at the combine. I do well and stuff like that. I have a good time, great interviews, and it, everything goes well. You know, I'm about to leave out the door to go to my pro day. True story. My pro day is I think on March seventh, I think, or something like that. I can't remember exactly, but I think it was somewhere around then. But I go to my pro day, and I Wisconsin, and I'm walking out the door just after left, just leaving the combine, just getting done running an hour after, and have my bags, about to hit my flight, and all these coaches come in, and GMs and people like that, and they walk by me, you know, and they, and they stop me and they say, uh, "Hey, good job, Russ, good job," and Seattle Seahawks, you know, are there in that circle with a bunch of other teams, and. 
John Schneider's there, Pete Carroll, and John's like, "Hey, Russ, I don't know if we'll be able to, you know, get you, but uh, you know, um, you know, we, you know, we good luck to you." Kind of just kind of passed me by, and I was like, "That's kind of messed up." <laughs> That's the team I wanted to go to. Like, you know what? I'm gonna show you. And then, sure enough, you know, come April 27th, uh, he calls my name. So, you know, listen, I, I think that you know, I've, I've been in baseball drafts before and everything else. I think the reality is, is that. Your name's going to get called when your name's going to get called. But that that is not going to determine, you know, where you're going to be when it's all said and done. You get to determine that, you know. And I think that ultimately that's always been my focus. It's never changed. The, just trusting the process, putting the work in, respecting the process, loving what I get to do. Um, the studying part, you got to love the studying more than just the plan. You know, the plan's the fun part, but you you, you got to also love the studying just as much. And I think that's the thing that I've always tried to invest myself in and my time in and, and just knowing the history of the game, too, as well, as much as you possibly can. But I look at these quarterbacks that have a chip on their shoulder. Drew Brees still has a chip on his shoulder for a variety of reasons. He's not tall enough, didn't get taken in the first round. Tom Brady plays with a chip on his shoulder. You play with a chip on your shoulder. Aaron Rodgers plays a chip on his shoulder because he went at the end of the first round instead of number one overall. Like That motivation is there. Is it conscious or subconscious that's there? I think it's both. I think I think you know it's got to be subconscious, you know, in a way because you know if you if you're getting to the place that you you're one of the best in the world, you know, you know, and people are starting to regard you in that sense, or people do call you the best in the world, or the goat, or people, you know, you know, you think about the the goats of the world, you know, uh, when you get to that point, I think that you know people, your mind starts thinking about. You know, how do I continue going? You know, I think when you're in the process, too, as well, is you just want to continue to develop and get better. I think my focus has always been just consciously focusing on the process, the next step, the next the next opportunity, the next game, you know, and and I think consciously I have also understood that, you know, there's other guys out there that, you know, people, you know, fall in love with and this and that. But what I what I can't control is, is how I play. And, and I think that's what I consciously focus on. And then the, the subconscious part is you're, you're innately competitive. You don't get to this level without being innately, ultimately competitive. You know, I think that's where the mindset is my separator. I think that more than anything, my mind is what I think is going to be the thing that takes me to the place that I really want to go. And no matter what the storm is, no matter what the obstacle is, you know, I always believe I'm going to win, period. Like, I don't, I don't think there's more, a more competitive person in my mind than, than, than anyone I, I face on the field. And that's just my mentality. Every time I step on the field, I'm going to do whatever it takes to win, period. And that's the only option. And so I think, I think that I try to transfer that, you know, on a daily to – to everything that I do. I try to transfer that on a daily to how I train and how I'm thinking about stuff, how I'm watching my film. You know, what's it going to take to win? And I think that you've got to have that obsession with, with, your, with, with your mindset and how, how you're going to be the best in the world or what you do. And, um, you know, I, I've been blessed to be with a great team and be around some great players and and uh, you know we got some young young stars in our, in our team. You know, obviously Tyler Lockett's such a special player. DK Metcalf, um, Chris Carson's such a great player. Um, you know, we've, we've added some other great players and Greg Olson, some other guys too as well. And so, do you try to not team, take so. your shirt off around DK Metcalf, dude? Uh, I, I try to make sure I, I do take it off to let him know that I, I have the dad bod over him. <laughs> I can still whip his tail. So I, I, I make sure I do. Oh, you could you whip know, you could whip his tail? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, In I, what? You know, I, I, 
<laughs> not in a race, that's not, for sure. Not on a bench press either. He's got it like, no, he, a, doesn't he have a 10 pack? Something like that. I don't count, though. I think you're counting. <laughs> um, hey, uh, how much money do you think Mahomes is going to make? <laughs> I don't you, know, man. I, is he going to be 40, yeah. 40 million or more? I think he should. I think he should be. I mean, I think he's he's got the talent, and he's been playing, you know, some of the best football, you know, at that position. You know, I think, uh, you know, he's a great quarterback. He's a great, you know, uh, a great player, man. There's nothing that he can't do on the field. You know, how he scrambles, how he throws the ball deep down the field. He He's competitive. Um, he has fun out there. He leads his team down the field to win. He's not better you than know, you, though, is he? <laughs> Man, he's a great player. That's what I know. <laughs> I, I, me, 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 I think me and, and Pat are going to have some great competitions, great games down the road. We we played once so far, um, you know. But uh, you know, I think we're going to have some battles down the road. So I'm looking forward to those. Hey, it's great to talk to you again. Uh, congrats again with the baby boy. Our best to uh, your wife, and we appreciate what you're doing uh, charity wise as well. Oh, of course, man. We'll appreciate you guys, and just uh, keep believing during this time, guys. Keep keep the uh, keep the positivity going. You know, um, everybody remain neutral in the midst of the storm. You know, we're, we're going through something right now, so just keep uplifting people. And Dan, I appreciate you. It's always fun to be on your show. And uh, I'm taking I'm taking names. So, Go Hawk for the baby boy. So I'm uh, yeah. All right, I'll see you guys. Go Hawk. Thank you. That's a <laughs> always. What happens if he ends up playing for another team? He's gonna end because he ends every conversation with Go Hawks. I think Hawk Wilson's pretty good. I like that. I think we mentioned that at the Super Bowl. When he came in with that corduroy coat on, that was a nice-looking coat. Cost more than my car. Now, that's not something I could probably pull off, but he came in 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 the Miami weather wearing a corduroy jacket. Dude was killing it. That was a sharp-looking. Killing it. And and so he's got this video. I think it's called the Tootsie Slide with him and his wife, and it's a... A shout out to Drake, I guess, but uh, his wife is a phenomenal dancer. Like you watch that and you go, I, I don't even know if I could do what Russell does in the video, <laughs> let alone her. We'll take a break. Uh, I got I guess it's a surprise phone call coming up. Remember I mentioned the man meat madness bracket challenge that one of our listeners came up with. It's a hot guy draft. Oh, uh, his name is Sean Stiffy. And of course, Stiffy gave us the man meat madness bracket challenge and uh he'll tell you who is the hottest man (laughs) oh yes yeah i'm a professional broadcaster here i'm an award-winning broadcaster you smell that emmy in the air Uh, no that's paint that's paint from the tom brady mural that we're redoing there uh sean in florida is the big winner of todd's scoreboard 48 22 you can explain that when we come back. How you, I know you came up with one of the numbers there, the 22, the 48. I'm not sure about. So we'll come back with that. Close up shop. Last call for phone calls after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. So, uh, thanks, Steinbrenner, co-owner of the Yankees. Has passed away. Fritzy's scoreboard challenge each day puts up numbers on the scoreboard. And if you get it right, first one to get it right, get some uh, DP show gear. We do have our winner. He's uh, Sean in Florida. Fritzy, the 22 is for Christian McCaffrey. Correct. The 48 has to do with our previous guest, Russell Wilson Jr., the third. He wears number three, but he did something with that number. 48. 
against my team, which I hate to bring up. Oh, wow. <laughs> he put up 48 points against the Broncos? No, he won Super Bowl. Oh, okay. Against the Broncos. Oh. He, they, they scored pretty much close. To that is true. I was in Russia, and, and that year, if you remember, I picked Seattle to beat Denver in the Super Bowl at the start of the year. And I'm in Russia for, at Sochi for the uh, games. And I forget the time difference, but it was late uh, staying up to watch it. And all I did is I think I watched the first 10 minutes and I said, this is over. I'm going to bed and uh, woke up the next day. And obviously I didn't need to see too. when the ball was snapped over Peyton's head. And I just went, no, nah, I'm good. I think Seattle's going to win this. I feel pretty confident in this. Uh, let me see. Final results of the poll question. Steve Kerr, the Golden State Warriors head coach, will join us on the program tomorrow. The uh, great movie reviewer, Richard Roper. He saw the Michael Jordan series, 10-part series. We'll get his thoughts. He's a Chicago uh, native, uh, works out of Chicago. So we'll talk to him about how, uh, how well done the documentary is on the mothership. McLovin, final results of the poll question. I actually put up, who would you pay more, Christian McCaffrey or Devontae Adams? And 78% said McCaffrey. All right. Are we having uh, Joe, uh, Sean Stiffy on? I Do think it, he's on the line. Is it, hey, Sean? Yes, Sean Stiffy here. How you doing? Hi, Sean. Sean's from uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, I believe, and he just sent me his man meat bracket challenge for 2020. Yes, Paul? Yeah, he's from a long line of Stiffies in that area. <laughs> <laughs> so Sean Stiffy is, uh, I guess, the commissioner of the man meat bracket challenge, and uh, you want to tell us how you came up with this and who uh, who is the man meat bracket challenge winner for 2020? <laughs> Yeah, so um, it was partially inspired by you guys in the great hot guy draft. And then I think it was the Golden Globes me and my wife were watching. And Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio came up on stage. We got an argument on who's the better looking guy. So from there, I took that simple question onto Instagram and put out a poll question. And Leo won, and I was completely shocked. So I was like, you know what? I need to do 64 guys, a full tournament, and let's see who wins this. So I started in February doing one matchup per day, and it went all the way until the beginning of April. And uh, Ryan Reynolds came out as your champ. But there are some big surprises along the way. Um, Bradley Cooper knocked out Zach Efron in the first round, which was amazing to me. Well, that's a, that's a tough matchup there in the first round. but Yeah, the committee was doing uh, Zach Efron. No, no favors on that one. You got a lot of free time there, Sean Stiffy. <laughs> I guess I do. Uh, well, thank you for sharing that. The Man Meat Bracket Challenge of 2020. And Ryan Reynolds is the – what's the stiffy look like? <laughs> like, do you, do you give out the – is there a, an award for Sean Stiffy? That's what I was thinking. I might have to get in touch with Ryan Reynolds' people yeah. and send him maybe a T-shirt or a trophy. I'll figure out something. Yes, he is the uh, inaugural winner of the stiffy. Uh, <laughs> thank got, you, Sean. I got like 100 jokes. <laughs> Oh, fun show today. Uh, Chris Fowler was great. Uh, you know, it wasn't doom and gloom, but it wasn't uh, roses. It wasn't rainbows there with college football season. Ross Tucker is always great to talk to. He gave great perspective on uh, Christian McCaffrey and that contract and that McCaffrey was going to hold out, had leverage. And uh, then Russell Wilson Jr. the third and uh, John Hamm. Fritzy, what did you learn on today's program? Chris Fowler says there's no consensus around college football on how to deal with how the coronavirus will affect the upcoming season. Sounds kind of chaotic the next few months. Chaotic. 
Uh, uh, McLevin. Russ is open to Russell Wilson Jr. the fourth. Seton O'Connor Jr. the third. John Hamm only watched 70% of your work with Keith Olbermann. <laughs> so take that. Uh, hey, message sent loud and clear. Paulie? Your last name's Stiffy. You better have a good sense of humor. Fritzy, what did I learn? Chris Fowl says Joe Burrow has extreme confidence. Let's go ahead and call it cocky. Okay. I saw where Steve Kerr and Pete Carroll are doing a podcast together. With Bill, Bill Simmons, I think. Is it with those guys? I think so. I think it's with the Ringer and Simmons. And I think the title is Flying Coach, which is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, but I, we'll talk to Steve Kerr. He'll join us uh, tomorrow. And then I'm curious what Richard Roper thought of the uh, Michael Jordan 10-part series there on the Mothership. I, I don't know how it cannot be great. If Jordan took part in it, I mean, that's all you want. You get Jordan, and then everybody else follows. My worry was they were going to get everybody else, and then Jordan wasn't going to take part in it. So we'll talk to Richard about that, get his review on that, and uh, also Steve Kerr. Get his thoughts on the Jordan documentary. Has he seen it? Certainly involved in it. Thanks for joining us. For all of us in front and behind the microphones, we say thank you. Talk to you tomorrow. Be safe. Be smart. 